the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Last week we finished our time in Revelation with the verse where God himself speaks and says, Behold, I am making all things new from Revelation 21. And uh, today, in that same vein, we're going to continue and unpack what that means for us individually, that he is making all things new. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Can we get excited about that verse? In Huntley, the local businessman, the miner, the housewife, the elderly, the youth, the children. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Those lonely, the hurting, the rejected, the abused, the sad, the sinner, if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. What a verse. What hope. Life-giving scripture. A verse like many that we need to speak out, memorize, believe in, and live by. This verse in the New Living Translation reads, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Belonging to Christ, Jesus said to become a Christian, we must be born again, John 3.3. We cannot simply remodel our current lives, we must start over. In 2 Corinthians 5, it explains what happens when we put our trust in Jesus as Saviour and Lord. And he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. I say it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, New things have come. At age nine, which is a way back for me, at CYC down the road, Christian Youth Camp at Narawahia, where Ben Harrison, the late Ben Harrison, who many here loved, was camp director and was called Uncle Ben, I clearly remember after a morning Bible lesson going to my cabin with a leader and following her lead, praying and asking Jesus to forgive my sins and come into my heart and thanking him for being my saviour and Lord. I understood at that young age that my prayer meant I now was to live for him, that a change needed to take place. I now belong to him and he lived, still does, inside me. His spirit lives inside me. Of course, in the years that followed growing up and still now, I have to remind myself that I don't live for myself, 
when wrong actions or attitudes creep in. New things have come. Of course, the illustration that Jesus used of birth is great because we understand that when a baby is born, we see a new creation. And what a precious creation. This year, we have loved welcoming Sasha into our family and into this church family too. And of course, just over a week ago, little Daisy Clark was born to Aaron and Renee. How exciting it will be to meet her here in this place one day soon. There's something so special about new life, I'm sure you agree. We gather round, don't we? Oh, can I behold? <laughs> She's the baby sleeping and we muck up the whole pattern, but give it back to the mother. Yeah. <laughs> what miracles they are, new creation, so perfectly made. God has seen to every detail from fine eyelashes and pink little lips to toes so incredibly sized that one day we'll slip into gumboots and jump around in the puddles. A new creation. Of course, after their birth over time, a change takes place from infancy to maturity. When we are born again in the spirit, we who were dead in our sins are brought to life. We are created anew in Christ Jesus. I like that in Christ Jesus, not outside looking in, but actually in, surrounded by suggesting closely connected, part of, functioning from within. And with him in us, God sees to every detail. He changes our desires, outlook, and focus as we turn from thinking about ourselves to worshipping him. He works in us. With his Holy Spirit in us, we can experience the new life he offers. Some years ago, I regularly met with a Huntley woman who had a very hard life, really hard. I will call her Mary. I shared my faith with her over a number of months. She wasn't sure she wanted to commit to following God, but she wanted his help in her life. She shared she had an anger problem. We prayed lots about it and she genuinely wanted to change. One day she'd been shopping in Hamilton and she phoned me saying she wanted to see me. On arriving at her home, she excitedly said to me, you'd be so proud of me. Something happened today. It was all good. You'd be so proud of me. And she told me how someone had been rude to her at a shop, really rude, and had made a racist remark. She had felt her anger rise, but she told me proudly she had removed herself from the shop and in the fresh air outside, she had said to herself, Mary, you could go back in there and flatten that lady, or you could go and buy yourself a meat pie. <laughs> Excitedly, she told me she had opted to buy the meat pie. I hugged her and agreed she had made the right choice. She told me a few months ago, wouldn't have been that pie that got opted for. Learning to live God's way was beginning to take root. She was slowly stepping into the new life that God offers. That lady taught me heaps. I've had permission from Jocelyn today to mention her new life she has found in Christ. She's not here today, but she knows I'm sharing this. A number of us here know Jocelyn well and have journeyed with her, 
witnessed her baptism and clearly seen her love for God grow. Life hasn't always been easy for her, but she has chosen to follow God's ways and has done a complete turnaround. Her family say they hardly recognize her. She knows firsthand what life is like without God and praise God, he is now her number one. She spends time, lots of time in the word, often sharing with me what she has learnt and often shares a scripture that could and does help me. She has allowed the Holy Spirit to work in her life. The old life has gone. She is walking in the new life that God offers. Praise him. I know there's many here who have input into her life. In John 4, we read of someone who took up the new life he offers, a woman who had a spiritual rebirth, the Samaritan woman at the well. Jews didn't normally travel on a Samaritan road, but Jesus chose to. He was traveling with his disciples to Galilee, stopping outside a small town called Sychar in Samaria. Jesus sat down for a rest by a well. We pick up the story in verse 7. This is John chapter 4, verse 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where, where then do you get that living water? Verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband, for you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And the account continues. What a story, one of Christ's transforming power, an amazing encounter. The Samaritan woman with a troubled reputation, who obviously had got mixed up with the wrong crowd, who people talked about and looked down on, heads out to draw water in the heat of the day to avoid people seeing her and no doubt talking about her. And she meets Jesus the very person, the only person that can truly save her from her past and present turmoil. It's hard to imagine and take in what that meeting would have been like, isn't it? 
the woman who understands her low social status in the eyes of a Jew is astonished that this rabbi requests water from her. Jesus uses what's right there in front of him, what she is familiar with, the water, as a metaphor to teach this woman. He speaks about the living water, which gives eternal life and extends amazing grace. This woman craves this type of water because she wants eternal life. But first, Jesus has a quite lengthy talk with her, making it clear that she needed to confess her sins and change her way before she could obtain this living, giving water, grace. The old things had to pass away before the new could come. Amen indeed. The passage suggests she became a new creation as she received God's forgiveness and grace. A new life began, a transformed life. She told family and friends that Jesus knew of her past and offered her life, giving water. She was changed for eternity and influenced many along the way as she testified, verse 39, and made known her love for God. Praise God for the story. No one is exempt from being able to become a new creation in Christ. Another story from the Bible, which I won't go into the same length recalling, is that of the Gerasene demoniac. The story is in Mark 5, starting at verse 1, and you may want to read it at home, but I'll tell you a little. It sounds a bit scary at the start, but as a great ending, a man was possessed with unclean spirits. He lived in the tombs and was extremely tormented with demons inside him. Day and night he screamed among the tombs and in the mountains, and the Bible says, gashed himself with stones. No one could control him or contain him with chains. No one was strong enough to handle him. Jesus came by. Things happened. As a result, the demons were cast out of the man, and his mind was restored. In verse 20, we see that the man went and told others how much Jesus had done for him. All the people were amazed. Another miraculous story of God creating new. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. How can we apply today's focus scripture in our lives? Do we celebrate the new creation we have become in Christ? Have those old things passed away or passing away? Old referring to our old nature, our pride, love of sin, reliance on works, maybe wrong habits, our love of self. Of course it can be. We are a work in progress. Sometimes it's two steps forward and five back. Maybe we could all wear a sign around our necks that says, new creation and progress, or under new management, bear with. That would, that would humble us and help us show grace to one another. Changing from the old to the new can be painful. Over this past year particularly, I've heard people say, what a difference knowing God has made in their life. How God's ways are so right. Don't you have conversations with that sometimes? It's great, isn't it? The difference God makes in our life. 
Along with that, I've also heard how hard it is to change and to let go of some things that have been a part of people's lives for so long. Maybe it's unforgiveness that's eaten away at you for years. Maybe it's an addiction, a huge disappointment, rejection. For some, the letting go is slow. The desire is to let go quickly. Reality sometimes means it takes a while. I'd encourage you, as myself, pray hard about that obstacle. Do that first. In 1993, at Lifeway Bible College, we regularly were lectured by Trevor Yaxley, the founder of the college at Snells Beach, just out of Walkworth. We held Trevor in high regard, and we still do. His teaching through God was life-changing. Trevor one day was talking in depth about what a surrendered life should look like, our need to give over every part of our lives to God. He humbly told us that numerous people come to him asking him to pray for them for problems they had in their lives, many of those Bible college students. He told us that when they told him their issues, he would first ask them, have you read the word and spent time in it this morning? Have you spent time in prayer? Mostly, he said, the response was no. He would say, well, you go away now and do that and come back to me if you need to. Most didn't return. God's word, so accessible, sitting in our homes, and it has the answers. Seek counsel, and then, of course, you can move on. Colossians 3.9, put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians 4.24. Of course, the verse finishes with, behold, the new has come, or the new has begun. Yay for that. Praise God, those old things are replaced with new things. In Christ, our purposes, feelings, desires and understandings are fresh and different. We find we can forgive. We have a spring in our step. He gives us love in our heart, a peace, a strength in him to draw from. His word, full of truth and wisdom, instructs us clearly how to live. I had an uncle, Jack, who passed away some years ago at the age of 83. I lived five minutes away from him and my auntie until I was 18 years old. Growing up, my sisters, my parents, we were in their home a lot. Auntie Bev, all that time, knew God and was a Christian, but Uncle Jack put up rather scathingly with his wife's faith, often having her on about all her church activities. Faithfully, Auntie Bev prayed for him, sometimes preaching at him. And finally, at the age of 78, five years before he died, he personally accepted Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. He had always been a nice uncle, but I'm telling you, the change in him was something special and only something that God can bring into happening. He looked different, and his eyes, even with cataracts, shone with the love of Jesus. 
In those last five years of his life living in Turangi, he would get up in the morning and tell Auntie Bev, I'm just going for a bike ride into the bush to be alone with God. Wow. He had become a new creation. The old had passed, the new had come. Previously, where judgment about others had been voiced at times loudly, a softness and grace became evident. Where thinking about just what he wanted to do was replaced with, with thinking of others. Family relationships changed for the better. Money that had been held on to tightly suddenly was being generously shared. I witnessed it. It was amazing. He had become a new person inside out. I'm sure those last five years of his life would have been five of his happiest, if not the happiest. In Christ, he had found true fulfillment. Maybe you are here this morning and you don't know Christ personally as your saviour and this all sounds new or you are weighing up the cost of becoming a Christian and following him. We want you to know that we welcome you and would count it a privilege to talk and pray with you after this gathering. In following Jesus Christ, there is a cost, and there is a consequence if we don't. We make no apology. John 3.36 says, And all who trust him, God's Son, to save them, have eternal life. Those who don't believe and obey him, shall never see heaven, but the wrath of God remains upon them. Another version says, whoever rejects the Son will not see life. To follow after the King of Kings is not to be taken lightly. After all, he is God the Almighty. Some people think he's just way up there and they're happy just to leave him up there, perhaps just remembering him on Sundays. He is so, as you know, he is so much more than that. He is a relational God who wants the best for us. He doesn't want any of us, no matter how long we have been sitting here on these seats, week after week. He doesn't want us just learning about him. He wants us to truly know him inside out, to live each day with his purpose, allowing his guidance as we make decisions, allowing his grace to work in us when others hurt us, Casting off the old and putting on the new, practicing what we are instructed to do. Maybe this week you need to be the bigger person and extend forgiveness, even if you are waiting to have sorry said to you. Cast off the old nature. Maybe you are trying in your own strength to correct a situation. Allow God to do the work. Perhaps you're at your wit's end with a rebellious or distant child. Maybe they need a hug to know they matter to you. Don't give up on them. Give them a call if they live away from you. Maybe you need to show your parents some respect, even if they don't see things the way you do. Perhaps managing money is an ongoing issue, or you have tiring health issues. Maybe others' needs need to be put ahead of your own. Maybe your neighbour just over the fence needs your help or encouragement. 
or maybe in your usual busy week you need to just stop and thank God for who he is, for the new life you have in him. You see, as we unpack our past week and think about the new one ahead, God has been and will be with us. For those of us who are Christians, he's living in us with an endless supply of his enabling power. We have to turn the tap on, as it were, allow him to work in us. Turn it on, don't leave it turned off, turn it on. He's either inside us or not. We either go through each day this next week allowing him in or not. None of us are exempt from facing trials, but all of us are offered Christ's life-changing power. It's how we handle those trials that God is interested in. Praise God that he is relational and a life-changing God. Just as he had the power to create new life back in those Bible accounts we've heard today, so too is that power able to create new life in us today, here now and in the week ahead and beyond. Out with the old and in with the new. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can be new with you in our lives. We can be new creatures, God. Thank you that you have the answers, that you make the difference. And every little thing or big thing that we face, you help us if we ask. Lord God, you are an amazing God. Help us never, ever to take you for granted. We are sorry for things, God, that we do or say that, that are wrong and are sin. We call it what it is, God. We, we apologize from our hearts. We say we know we're wrong and we want to turn around that behavior. We want the old to be gone and the new to come. We want to be a different people. We want to stand out for you in this community. We want to truly love people when the rubber hits the road, Lord God. To not just love those that are easy to love, but those that perhaps challenge us. God, we acknowledge our need of your power in our lives. We know it's there for the asking, God. And we ask today, we ask today that you'd make a change, that we would leave here different people and live lives that are pleasing to you and witness to your glory your glory, Lord God, we love you. We love you. I would really encourage this morning, if there's anybody here that wants to come and have conversation, or maybe you just find yourself turning at the end of our gathering in the seat you're sitting and just share something with someone that, or ask for prayer. God, we want to act on what we hear. We want to be an obedient people, and we know that we can only do that with your power. Lord God, Jesus Christ, our Saviour, we love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.